1: Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 14 of Inside Illinois Football. It's uh, Wednesday, April 7th, Colin.
0: April 7th. It's
1: the day after Colin Lykus' birthday. Accurate. 29 year old Colin Lykus. Correct. Enjoy your last year in your 20s. You get to cover Illinois football for the first full season. So (laughs) happy early birthday present, I guess. Thanks. (laughs) Appreciate it. Uh, That's Colin Lykus, our Illinois beat writer, preps coordinator. Part-time copy editor, agate shooter, mm-hmm. anything uh, else we want to Everybody's an here? agate shooter now. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> I'm uh, Matt Daniels the sports editor of the News Gazette, and uh, we bumped us back a few days this week to record, but uh, plenty to talk about on the Illinois football front, Colin, mm-hmm. as uh, spring is here in the air. Oh, Actually, yeah. it feels more like summer it's here summer. in Champaign. Summer is in the air. Um, I'm sure in the next couple days it'll feel more like fall winter or again. winter, because <laughs> that's what life is like, and... Champagne urbana in the spring, but uh, Brett Bielma's team continues to to grind out some practices and spring games twelve days away and they're, they're making some made some new additions to the staff. fill us in colin on on what we 've missed this last week at all
0: yeah i guess uh, I guess it's been a little while since we've talked about uh, talked about Illinois football and uh, that means Terry Hawthorne and Pat Ryan both have been added to the staff since uh, we last did this podcast um both in roles of um working with high school athletes terry hawthorne also working with alumni relations uh being an alumni of course uh, that kind of makes him a shoe in for that role but yeah we uh, we've gotten to speak with terry hawthorne he was uh, hired last week he uh, talked with us media members about how he's been itching to to get some sort of role on this illinois football team for a while it sounds like he kind of kept knocking on lovey smith's door and uh uh, who, who knows what that relationship was like, but regardless, Terry Hawthorne didn't have a job with the team when when Levy Smith was around. Uh, but now Brett Bielema has, uh, has found a, a home for Terry Hawthorne here, working with the high school athletes. As, as Matt and I talked about before this podcast, probably more so in a role where once he get once they get on campus, he can talk with them a bit about the the experience, what it's like being an Illinois athlete, being a Division one athlete, uh, navigating those waters and things of that nature. Well, also working with alumni relations because uh, something Brett Bielema has wanted to do, and it was something Lovey Smith wanted to do as well, was keep the alumni kind of invested in the program. But Brett Bielema has been kind of full bore into that from the, the very beginning uh, with that Zoom call he did with the alumni, I think like two weeks after he got hired, maybe even less than that. So, yeah, Terry Hawthorne going to be playing multiple roles here, and uh, seems like he's very uh, very motivated. He posts from spring ball pretty much every day on Twitter. Uh, he's something along the lines of happy to be here, God bless me to be here, something along those lines. So he's very excited to be back with his alma mater. And then uh, Pat Ryan, if you recognize that name, you're probably a, a longtime high school football fan in this area, or in the state, I should say, because he, he coached at Metamora for many years, 30 years in fact, won a couple of uh, state championships, I believe. And yeah, Pat Ryan's name is kind of one of those that's synonymous with IHSA football over the last several decades. Uh, his official title is Director of Illinois High School Relations. So because he is so well-known and respected around this entire state, um, you think he will probably be in charge of kind of uh, keeping those those connections uh, strong and secure between the Illinois football staff and the coaches across the state when it comes to the recruiting front and things of that nature. So that seems like a great hire. We haven't gotten to talk to Pat Ryan yet. He was just hired yesterday. I'm sure we will get to talk to him at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks on to the, the conference call today that we have with Brett Bielema. I don't think he's scheduled to, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Uh, regardless, uh, two good hires for Brett Bielema, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting with Pat Ryan, uh, like you hit on Callen, uh, a well-respected name in, in the high school football ranks, and, and it's pretty interesting watching Bielema fill, fill out his staff uh, at Illinois. Uh, you know, he started early on with t- Tony Peterson uh, mm-hmm. as the offensive coordinator for the first uh, assistant coach that he hired, and then filled out the other nine uh, remaining coaching spots that are on the field, but he's been very active, too, and in, in kind of adding more pieces to the Illinois football department than had previously been there at all. Right. And, and Pat Ryan, to me, is a an intriguing hire because he's such a well-respected name uh, among the high school football coaches in the state for what he accomplished at Metamora. there, mm-hmm. kind of right in the heart of central mm-hmm. Illinois and, and boasting such a a tradition-rich uh, big school program for some time. Mm-hmm. He's also got a brother. Uh, I don't know if he's still coaching up there at Sycamore High School up near DeKalb. Uh, but he's been a high school football coach as well for some time. So he's got connections all throughout the state. And and like you kind of alluded to, Colin, this is kind of my theory on this too, mm-hmm. is that he's going to be kind of the key point person for all the high school football coaches mm-hmm. in the state of Illinois, kind of have to be that guy that can be the bridge between the high school coaches and, and Brett Bielema. And, you know, as we've talked before, we go back to the first day that, that Brett Bielema was hired on, on December 19th. And in the press release Illinois sent out, Beal has got a quote about how they want to recruit the whole state from yep. Danville yeah. to Quincy. That's from exactly. Yeah. And then that has been. It hasn't um you know, landed, you know, a high flying big time prospect yet, but it seems like they really just want to make some inroads and and I wrote about this last Sunday too, just from talking to some area high school coaches as well and um again this is all just preliminary and I think Bielema realizes too they're they're still in the honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. Uh, they haven't lost a game yet at Illinois they haven't gone through any adversity on the field so take advantage of this while you can and Mm -hmm. and that's what he's doing but Mm -hmm. uh, the area high school coaches I spoke with uh, they really seem to to be on board with what Brett Bielema is doing and and feel appreciated, the fact that mm-hmm. the high s- that you know a, a member of his coaching staff are, are reaching out to them, and, and they seem to be truly right. interested in hearing what they have to say, and I think that can go a long way in just building up some good rapport among high school coaches, not only area, but mm-hmm. out throughout the state, and that's kind of been a a key thing that's been lacking for Illinois football mm-hmm. yep. in the recent past. It's just kind of that connectivity between the high school coaches and the, yep. the flagship program in the state at all.
0: Yep, and uh, just... So, so you don't have to go look later. Joe Ryan is the football coach at Sycamore High School. There, I don't think Pat and Joe Ryan are related to the uh, the Ryan coaching chain <laughs> in the NFL. Though. No, they're, 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 that has
1: <laughs> Illinois connections too. Uh, Buddy or Buddy Ryan, obviously the former, the late Buddy Ryan, former Bears defensive mm-hmm, coordinator, and then yep. uh, Rex and. Rickson Rob Ryan. uh Lincolnshire Stevenson graduates yeah. up there in the suburbs as well so
0: the Ryan the Ryan name is, is yeah, a good one the the, 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 Ryan, the
1: Pat Ryan that was hired by Illinois no relation to no. the the famed 40 the architect of the 46 <laughs> defense <laughs> no. by those those
0: 1985 bears Nope. but uh yeah spring ball is really rolling along here went out to another practice for 15 minutes on Tuesday <laughs> was do they do they make it worth your while though? I least? think so okay. um Saturday was the first time that we were out there where we actually saw the guys. Although they eventually did more, we saw them stretching. Mm. They were doing a lot, a lot of mass stretching. But the thing that was different about Saturday, last Saturday when we went out to practice in the morning was that there were family members in the stands, Mm -hmm. which was pretty significant. Um, I I should have done a head count. It would have been worthwhile because it it wouldn't have been hard to count how many people were in the stadium at that time. It's not that many. But it was definitely a different look, even though it's not like people were shoulder to shoulder. There were people spread out all over the place. It's usually just been us media members – Anywhere from like five to five to ten or twelve of us media members in the stands watching the football players for 15 minutes. This time, you got these family members sitting there throughout the the practice and the scrimmage that they ended up having. We didn't get to see any of that scrimmage they had on Saturday. Uh, Brett Milama did have a Zoom call afterward, though, to discuss it on Saturday. Uh, but good for uh, Bielema and his staff to let the the family members in there, the ones who were able to come and who wanted to come see their kids. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of um, miss, missed family time because mm-hmm. of all the restrictions placed on athletes as it pertains to COVID and making sure people stay in their bubbles and things like that. Um, and we're going to get to a point here soon where once spring ball ends, these kids are going to be able to you know, finish up their classes and then get off campus Go home for first time in forever And some of these guys obviously like Your, your Blake Hayes live very Very far away their parents are Pretty far away from here so that's, uh, yeah, that's it's Going to be a big uh, moment for for a lot of these kids And this was kind of a, a step toward that I think Which was a good gesture from the, the staff Yeah getting to uh, Champagne from Melbourne Australia the, I don't think Blake, Hayes's Blake parents Hayes' parents Were here but I, I didn't uh, I didn't exactly check the, the one uh, Pair of parents that Were kind of easy to identify For me anyway was Uh uh, the parents of Alex Pilstrom, who okay. tied end to offensive linemen. The reason for that is because they had uh, they had little chairs they were sitting on, and they said Glenbard West <laughs> on the back. And they <laughs> you will know, look at the roster. Who graduated from L- Glenbard West? Pilstrom. One person, Alex yeah. Pilstrom. Unless they were just other parents who <laughs> snagged some Glenbard <laughs> West chairs, which would be very strange. I don't know why you'd do that. But, uh, yeah, good to, good to see some parents out there getting to watch the scrimmage. Um, and i know the scrimmage won't be exactly like what the spring game is like but it's a a good step in that direction and uh i'm guessing the athletes probably feel like they got a good benefit out of it as well because uh, the bielma staff has really been uh hyping up competition 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 making these kids compete against each other and uh uh, a scrimmage is a good way to do that all right colin who's the starting quarterback (laughs) still don't know um Brandon Peters is still number getting number 1 reps when you when we watch them all go through their repetitions and Isaiah Williams is still at number 2. Um I think we we noticed that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I talked I was talking with somebody uh last Saturday and there was a there was a change in the back toward the back end of the quarterback order but I can't remember whom replaced whom over there so but regardless Brandon Peters is number one right now and Isaiah Williams is number two based on the way they are going through drills. So we don't know who the starting quarterback is, but Brandon Peters is still in that number one spot right now. But there is some some news on the front of people whom – Uh, Brandon Peters and or Isaiah Williams and or anyone else who plays quarterback will be throwing to. You know, we've been talking on here about Caleb Griffin making Mm -hmm. a transition from kicker to wide receiver. Well, uh, now Marquez Beeson has made the transition from defensive back to wide receiver. And uh, this one happened in the middle of, of spring ball. Uh, Marquez Beeson requested it, according to the Illinois coaching staff, and uh, everybody si- everybody who needed to sign off on it did. So, uh, yeah, Marquez Beeson, the uh, defensive back redshirt freshman out of Texas, Uh, Wanted to get some work with the wide receivers, and I'm guessing uh, it's hard to say no to that when the receiver room is probably the one that has the biggest question marks surrounding it going into this season. That's uh, another reason why it was enticing to get Caleb Griffin in there as well, because you're replacing multiple key athletes out of that room, multiple star athletes out of that room. So uh, Marquez Beeson should have good hands considering he's a defensive back trying to get interceptions. Now he'll try to catch the ball and avoid interceptions.
1: Beeson was obviously uh, one of the more highly regarded recruits that that Lovey Smith brought to Champaign Mm -hmm. in in his tenure and uh, had high hopes for him uh, going ahead of the 2019 season, possibly seeing him in the secondary rotation at cornerback as a true freshman and then tore his ACL in in training camp that August and and had to miss that season a redshirt and then played a little bit towards the end of last year, uh, started at Northwestern and Second to last game of of the season uh, last December up in Evanston, and he's always been a really good athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that when he came to Illinois, some people thought he could potentially play both ways right from the get go, and and maybe he gets a chance to do that yeah. this season still. And and curious to see how he how he fits into uh, the offensive plans because. They're kind of lacking, at least in the wide receiver group. Mm-hmm. They're kind of lacking right now, they're—I they're, wouldn't say they're lacking. They're—they're they're waiting for someone to emerge sure, as kind okay. of the, the top yeah. pass catcher. After two seasons of Josh Bebe kind of filling that role, sure. uh, Brian Hightower—you'd have to think would be a, a viable candidate uh, obviously they lost casey washington to the transfer portal although he's probably back i think he's back in the he's back portal in the transfer portal after he yeah. decided wake Forest wasn't for him yeah. after a little
0: bit yeah, of time, maybe he comes back to illinois yeah, no who knows. knows who knows
1: what will happen the, the transfer portal these days it's yeah. uh wacky <laughs> yeah very very wacky why? that's that's a very good way to put it colin uh but beason it's got the got the skill set not the biggest guy to, to be wide receiver he'd be more of a slot guy you'd sure. have to think 5'11 185 pounds but that's a donny navarro type of yeah really really name. really fast and um shined at that position too in high school along with uh playing on the defensive side of the ball so eager to see what he can prove uh, on on wide receiver uh how he might be able to help this illinois offense what the, else you want to talk about i think
0: the only other spring ball roster thing of mm-hmm. note would be Brett Bielmo recently talking about uh, Luke Ford during a uh, during one of his Zoom calls. and The mentioning. man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, before. how he was impressed with what Luke Ford has shown him in camp so far. Um, so
1: this is the year, column they're actually going to throw to the tight end consistently. <laughs> People Although they did throw to Daniel Barker a lot Well, they last threw to Daniel season. Barker a lot. Fans True. were
0: pretty... Fans were pretty excited about uh, the prospect of tight ends getting thrown to. I'll tell you that because uh, anytime I post a video of the tight ends doing anything other than kind of going through blocking workouts, uh, at least one person comments on Twitter saying, "Oh, you can actually throw the ball to the tight end." <laughs> it it kind of goes without fail. It's
1: Lauren's burner account.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so I'm curious to see uh, what this excitement from the coaching staff about Luke Ford leads to. Daniel Barker's obviously your your number one tight end returning. He's kind of that guy, but Luke Ford, on the field a lot last year, but didn't catch the ball hardly at all, was seemingly used more in a blocking role, and tight ends obviously are still going to have to block. That's kind of part of the job description, but we'll see if this excitement leads to more uh, pass-catching opportunities for Luke Ford.
1: A uh, cool thing, too, uh, that Illinois Football posted on their, their Twitter account earlier this morning, I think it happened last night, in a, a team meeting uh, at the Smith Center. and mm-hmm. We've all seen these videos over the years, and, and they're really Really cool. It's a, it's a emotional moment for a lot of these kids involved and, and what I'm talking about is walk ons, mm-hmm. getting getting scholarships yep. and, and Brad Bielema uh decided and I'm sure he'll be asked this uh later this Wednesday afternoon on on his Zoom call but about the opportunity to give scholarships and he did so for four players, uh, for the Illinois, uh for the illini and uh Colin do you know who the four are off the top of your head? I looked it up this morning and it's uh I think I've got the tweet pulled up as well, but it's um Alec McEachern, uh Dalton Lightsey, Christian Bobek, and then Michael Marchese, I think, are the four uh, all f- all a, former walk-ons now yeah. now on scholarship. Pretty cool moment for those guys. Yeah, that's
0: an awesome one, especially for a guy like uh, Marchese, who's obviously been here quite a while. There, he he didn't have to come back for this season mm-hmm. either, uh, being an upperclassman. So yeah, that's very cool for uh, Brett Bielema and his staff to to extend those guys scholarships and yeah that's special for for any walk on no matter who it is um, I think there was a rumor that we actually might talk to McEckern later this week, but okay. I don't know if that's confirmed yet or uh-huh. not. I think that was a, a potential player we could talk to later this week. So that might be a reason why, because he, yeah. because he's getting a scholarship. So, uh, congratulations to those four guys.
1: Uh, Talon that the, the linebacker that I, I think I said Daylon, Daylon. So my yep. apologies to that, but, uh, pretty cool for him too. I mean, he's a guy that just kind of appeared on the Illinois roster <laughs> yep. before the, the 2018 season, uh, out of Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, hasn't really played much in Illinois but obviously he's made an impression on on loom and the staff and a pretty cool moment for those guys
0: and their families I'm sure that uh you know they'll cherish for for quite some time. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> uh do you uh you want to talk about a, a game of the week? You want to <laughs> jump into our top I don't care here. Colin,
1: you you're steering the ship. I'm just here to <laughs> provide my insight and astute analysis
0: when I can. Well, you're you're the expert. Mm, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 really tough for me to decide then. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Game of the past. Is okay. that what we're doing? Yeah, game of the past. Okay, yeah, game, game, of, the game of the week sounds like it's actively <laughs> going on right now. There's no, no no college football. At least not FBS football going on right now. FCS football, but not FBS. Yeah, game of the past. Uh, it's something we've done sporadically. I think we've only done one so far, yeah. but uh, this will be the second. These are one, good
1: podcast fillers in the off season. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and uh, I wanted to. We wanted to make sure we were getting some that we could actually kind of reference as far as, you know, they they weren't that long ago and Mm -hmm. at least Matt was covering them (laughs) or at least I was around or something like that. This one I, I would have been around for, though. It was very... Early in my time here as Mm -hmm. a copy editor, just less than a year into my time here as a copy editor back in 2014. But you would have been on the beat covering it, I think, right? Uh, Penn State Mm -hmm. against Illinois on November 22nd, 2014 at Memorial Stadium. Uh, Illinois coming in needing to win its last two games in order to qualify for a bowl game under Tim Beckman, coming in at 4-6, and six. Penn State was 6-4, and four. Mm-hmm. and Illinois ended up winning 16-14 to 14 on a David Reisner field goal with eight seconds remaining in regulation.
1: A game that, looking back on it now, just the possible ramifications of that game mm-hmm. are... They affect multiple people. That if Illinois would have lost that day, that we might never mm-hmm. the history of Illinois football in the last seven <laughs> years might have been a heck of a lot different. Illinois athletics, too. Exactly. Actually, very, far. very good point. Uh, Illinois, like you said, was four and six going into that game. Kind of all the the scuttlebutt and the noise and the rumors swirling around the program is that Tim Beckman was going to be out at the end of the twenty fourteen season after struggling mightily on the field in his first three seasons at Illinois, and then on a cold gray dreary saturday right before thanksgiving It shows the weather
0: as 50 degrees 20 mile per hour wind cloudy skies so it that was, sounds kind of nasty it was
1: dreary to say the least <laughs> and, and this sounds bad too but before socially distanced crowds became a thing uh, that was a socially distanced crowd yeah. at memorial stadium i remember sitting next to lauren tate in the press box and he was trying to count actually the number of people on the, the east side of the stadium. And it's, and you felt bad for the Illinois players too, because yeah. it was senior day there. Uh, didn't have kind of the usual pomp and circumstances you want, sure. kind of the whole festive atmosphere. Illinois basketball had started already that season, so a lot of people's attention had shifted to what John Gross's team was up to that season. But, um, yeah, a, a defensive, uh, mm. oriented game. Yeah. Um, that was James Franklin's first year at Penn State, I believe, because he just replaced Bill O'Brien. Right. Um, and the two teams had met prior in the 2013 season out in State College in a very hotly contested, close competitive game that Penn State ended up winning in overtime. And my one of my distinct memories from that time, mind you, the fact learning how out of the way Penn State is in regards to getting there for right. Champaign. But um, Nittany or Beaver Stadium – had about 100,000 people that day and was on the field at the end of regulation and then in overtime in the Penn State student section, they were very, very vocal and very, very not nice to some certain <laughs> Illinois very players, nice. uh, like linebacker Jonathan Brown, one of them, directing some profanities his way on the field late in the game. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, it was a curious game too because uh, Christian Hackenberg was the Penn State quarterback, um, had come into Penn State with a lot of hype and never really kind of lived up to that that hype although we did parlay that into a few years in the NFL and um, yeah Illinois was kind of playing for playing for its season that day I mean at four and six they still had an outside shot at a bowl game but they uh, obviously needed to win that game and then the following week at Northwestern which they did and I guess kind of funny anecdote about it now Mm -hmm. almost seven years later but I think leading up to the Penn State game, I reported on a story about Kurt Kittner, the former Illinois quarterback who was going to leave – he was going to step away from doing the radio broadcasts uh, after that season. And Mm -hmm. I think I wrote this, like, one sentence in my story of, like, you know, a 900-word story or so. It was one sentence, I think. And uh, it said something to the effect of on the unlikely event that Illinois beats Penn State Mm -hmm. at Northwestern, Kittner's final game will be November whatever at – up in Evanston, and I don't know if Tim Beckman read that or some, <laughs> someone got wind of Bulletin it to him. Material. But he did call me <laughs> oh. a couple of days before the Penn okay. State game, and all he kind of said was, "You don't think we're going to win our next two games, do you?" I go, well, I'd, "I'd I'd be surprised if you <laughs> will do." Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be a little surprised if you did. He goes, "Okay." I'm like you can, <laughs> you can take that however you want. Coach, you can use, use his it, ability, whatever before. you want to do. And he's like, all right. And it was like a two minute conversation. That's weird. Yeah, it was <laughs> in, it was interesting. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, Illinois uh, came through. Riley O'Toole played big. Uh, I yeah. think late in that game. Uh, Dot Josh Ferguson, Donovan Young had some big runs for the Illinois offensive one. I remember. And then obviously David Reisner kind of played the hero role there with the a late field goal, and yep. uh, it was a very windy day. I remember standing in the north end zone, had my cell phone out, took video of it, and looked like it was going to miss right at the beginning when he kicked it, and then it kind of just veered back inside. Hmm. And Illinois won and essentially saved uh, saved their season that they ended up going bowling for. So uh, yeah. a memorable home game in Champaign for a lot of reasons, too, because if you think about it, if Illinois loses, you, who knows what would happen if they... Uh, no matter the outcome against Northwestern in the final week, what would happen to Tim Beckman's future if Mike Thomas, the AD at the time, was going to fire him? And then who knows if we ever would have had the the Mother's Day Twitter rant by Simon Sianovich right. in 2015 that detailed all the allegations of abuse that ultimately led to Tim Beckman's firing a week before the 2015 season. And then three months later, Mike Thomas gets fired. Bill Cubitt's promoted to head coach. Then Josh Whitman gets hired. A lot of stuff. Fired, and then Cubit gets fired by Whitman. A lot of and, stuff. A lot of stuff went on that year. That uh, was... Yeah. So... And who knows if Illinois loses to Penn State if any of that happens in that order. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Pretty... Uh, it's a significant game. Pretty mind-blowing if you kind of unwrap it all in many layers like we just yeah, did it's there. A,
0: it's a significant game. and uh, Yeah. I, I don't know if you want to call this the...
1: Hopefully you don't have to go through
0: something like that yeah, on the big right. talent. I don't know if you want to call this like the David Reisner game or you want to call it the Riley O'Toole game, since Wes Lunt started the game and then Riley O'Toole wound up. And I think he, in. I
1: think he just came in for. I don't think Lund, London obviously had uh, a share of injuries throughout his college career, but I don't even think Lunt was taken out that game because he was hurt or anything. I just think he was taken out because he was ineffective, and they were just looking for some sort of, some sort of spark. And if anyone knows Riley O'Toole. um he can definitely definitely deliver that in in a number of ways, just from his personality to his his play on the field, and uh, he certainly did that uh, late against Penn State. And he'd started or he'd he'd played a little bit earlier in the season when Lunt was uh, Lunt was hurt. Mm. Um, I think he it was one of his leg injuries he had earlier that year. And O'Toole started a handful of games, and then uh, Lunt was coming back, but O'Toole just kind of was the guy to kind of give him that late spark in the second half against Penn state that day.
0: Yep. That's a, that's a good one to remember. If you want (laughs) any others for us to remember or recollect here, whether they be wins or losses, hit us up, let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll see what we can remember. Mostly Matt, but (laughs) I'll try to chip (laughs) in stuff as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun looking back at the past of, of Illinois football, whether it be good or bad. So
1: Was that fun to hear Ed, Ed Bond, our producer? Was <laughs> he lived through all that too, so he's, he's nodding his head in approval to the side. So uh, we'll see about that. Yeah. Alright, you ready for our draft this week, huh? Go ahead and draft, yeah. All right. Uh kind of going off of the fact that this past Saturday night and the the final four, uh, Gonzaga UCLA, one of the most thrilling basketball college basketball games in, in quite some time, especially in on that magnitude of the stage. But mm-hmm. going off kind of the late game heroics of Jalen Suggs hitting the, the last second shot to beat U C L A, uh we're gonna pick ten guys on this Illinois football roster that we think kind of similar situation but in a football sense late game close game coming down to the final play who would you want to catch a hail mary <laughs> so uh we're gonna try to have some fun with this so colin uh okay. you've got the roster in front of you i do i don't <laughs> uh, i'm gonna pull it up real quick that's probably but, a good idea uh, you go with your your top pick. That's gonna be anyone on the roster who you think would be uh, entertaining a yes. good option yes. whatever the case may be to, to catch a hail mary
0: pass yep, hail mary so obviously we're not going to pick only guys who normally catch passes because that wouldn't be fine, and we're not right? going to pick all 10 offensive linemen either i so. mean <laughs> I, no we're not <laughs> we'll just put it that way no we're not the first one I am going with, though, certainly does some, some blocking along along the line, and uh, I'm going with this individual because of the celebration he put forth during the <laughs> Penn State game that bro- broke the internet briefly before Penn State rolled over <laughs> Illinois the rest of the way. Daniel Barker uh, with the, the twerk celebration yeah. um, that kind of broke the internet a little bit, and I think if he caught a hail mary i don't know what he would do for a celebration
1: he'd run out of the stadium and go (laughs) straight
0: to green street (laughs) and twerk there (laughs) start dancing yeah um yeah i think i have to go with daniel barker partially because you know he can obviously catch passes too that helps a lot but the celebration i mean would just be otherworldly i mean you, you gotta you gotta see what he would do after catching a hail mary Fair enough. I'm going to go a
1: little more uh, low-key. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he would celebrate, rightfully so, just like anyone would in, in that situation. But yep. um, I'm going to go kind of go... I think Daniel Barker is a realistic option, don't get me wrong. Sure. But But uh, Brian Hightower, for yeah. me. Uh, the Miami transfer last year showed flashes of his potential uh, in the passing game, and I think a lot's going to be... Uh, expected of him leading up to this season, just on his production and his his promise uh, there at wide receiver. Plus, he's six three two ten, so he's got the the frame to kind of jump up and uh, you know snatch one away from an uh, opposing defensive back. So uh, my number one pick, I'm going to go Brian Hightower. Okay. I'm very curious to see where we're going to go from here now.
0: Yeah, well, I want to make sure I at least get a receiver. Okay, in that's there good. As well, and I'm kind of actually building off what you just kind of described. Um, with, with kind of the, the the size factor Which is pretty important two, two big important things in catching a Hail Mary I think are size and then hands ability Like you have to be able to get your hands up there In a sea mm-hmm. of other people throwing their hands up uh, well, With that in mind uh, I'm going to go with an interesting one Somebody who um, didn't really factor into the offense All that much last season but projects to maybe do so more this season. If if you know, guys like Josh Amadra Bebe mm-hmm. are to be believed. Uh Delvon Campbell, okay. A sophomore. He's uh six four two oh five. Good size for mm-hmm. a Hail Mary to get up there. Um it sounds like Delvon's had a, a good spring so far. Uh, his name has been mentioned by um couple coaches mentioned by josh and matt Arbebe as well uh prior to his uh nfl uh, co- well not combine but mm-hmm. uh, pro day appearance uh as somebody who could possibly you know help lead the receiver room in the future so i think that'll that'll be my number two pick
1: all right uh my number two pick uh i'm gonna go with a guy who could actually realistically catch a hail mary during mm-hmm. an Illinois football game in 2021 and he's just had so much hype surrounded his name pretty much ever since he was in high school down at Carterville. But uh, I'm going to go with Luke Ford. Okay. Um, obviously, he has a size, 6'6", 250. Um, I feel, too, if he were to catch a Hail Mary, that would be you know, 25, 30 years from now when hmm. we do a look back at the story. He would just embellish the heck out of it and tell great stories about that moment and everything that encapsulated it. Plus, I think he'd have a really good time celebrating uh Hopefully with some fans in the stands as well that aren't just family members. So I'll go uh I'll go Luke Ford with cool. my number two pick.
0: Alright, that's a good one. I uh, now, now see we now we get to the point where I don't really know where to where to take this. <laughs> there are like so many fascinating potential options for like guys who it would be really interesting to watch them catch a Hail Mary, like unrealistically mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of these. I think <laughs> Once he gets healthy, I think I'm going to go with Alex Palchevsky. Okay. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch okay. Alex Palchevsky <laughs> jump up and catch a Hail Mary and then do a big man celebration. I can see him throwing he, down a Gronk-like spike. Yeah, Palchevsky seems like uh, he would know how to celebrate this kind of thing, too. He'd probably knock over some of his teammates yeah, along the way.
1: Then he'd go in the north end zone and get a coach's car and start pulling it with his <laughs> hands.
0: <laughs> so I, I like that option. I mean... Uh, whether or not Alex Palchevsky is going to be able to, to have the hops, especially now <laughs> on a surgically repaired knee, to, yeah. to get up, I don't know. He's certainly got the size to bowl some guys out of the way. Uh, I think it would be really entertaining, and the celebration would be fantastic. Okay, fair enough. There's a lot of local connections on this oh, Illinois yeah. football roster. and
1: uh, I'm going to go with the one that Bob Osmussen wrote about this this past mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, Caleb Griffin, yep. uh, the man about town, the uh, the pride of Danville, the the kicker slash wide receiver, slash I'm at every single sporting event <laughs> known to mankind on the UI campus and in Champaign-Urbana. Yep, uh, back in Danville. Yep, he was everywhere. at, uh, yeah, Colin covered uh, Champaign-Central-Danville high school football game uh, last month, and who was there at Tommy Stewart Field, but none other than Cale Griffin. Griffin, and I covered... Uh, this was pre-pandemic i covered a danville high school boys basketball regional title game at centennial high school here in Champaign against bloomington on a friday night in early march and lo and behold who was there caleb <laughs> griffin <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I think it'd be fun to see him uh catch a hail mary yep. um and then he'd just take the ball with him everywhere he went yeah and show yeah. everyone I what he did that. yeah and he'd snapchat it and mm-hmm. do tiktoks and everything else so uh yeah, Caleb Griffin, my third pick.
0: Yeah, and I, w- I have the idea of local connections as well. There's a couple of uh, DBs on this roster who are local connections. I think ultimately the one I'm going to pick here with my fourth pick is Jaden Jones Watkins okay. because I think that would be a fantastic story. He's already got a fascinating story as to mm-hmm. how he even ended up on the Illinois roster in the first place. There are Lo- good things to losing your wallet. Losing your <laughs> losing your ID and getting it picked up by a member of the Illinois, well, Lovey Smith's Illinois mm-hmm. football staff and – ending up on the roster. Um, Hopefully with a little more time now uh, In college football, in Division 1 football Jaden Jones Watkins Now he's he's a little more accustomed to, to What it takes to, to compete at this level And the coaches say, you get out there And you you jump for this Hail Mary right now We'll see what happens And then you get to have the ultimate story Where the kid from Fisher High School The high school of 200 kids Or mm-hmm. what have you, 300 kids Catches kids. a Hail Mary yeah. and Illinois wins Against Northwestern <laughs> or what have you I think that's a, that's a fun story So right. Jaden Jones Watkins Fair enough uh, I'm going to go back to a guy that can actually catch one of these sure. this
1: year uh, i mean caleb griffin could like technically he is a wide receiver so yeah uh, i'm gonna stick in the wide receiver room um i'm gonna go with donnie navarro yeah uh, i think it'd be cool for a guy that's more in the slot than anything uh to go up and get one uh you know staying only five eleven, 185 pounds uh, the Niqua valley product is uh keeping that tradition of sturdy dependable sturdy with good hands receivers at Illinois, like Mikey Dudek was uh, a Niqua Valley graduate as well. Uh, but I think it'd be cool too, just to see kind of that Hail Mary thrown to him. Cause I don't think he would be the first option, uh, that Brandon Peters or Isaiah Williams mm. would go to. So I could see him kind of catching like a deflection or sure. pass batted down, just kind of being in the right spot at the right time. So, uh, my fourth pick, I'll go with Donnie Navarro. One All more right. pick, Colin. One more pick. Make it a, make it a good one. Yeah. Well, who's who's going to have their Jalen Suggs moment? My my
0: my my picks left the realm of reality <laughs> after the after the second round, and I'm just going to stay out of the realm yeah, of reality because there's no point in yeah. going back. Uh, Blake Hayes, <laughs> okay, <fair laughs> because uh, <He's> tall. <laughs> we we watched we watched Blake Hayes run the football. Blake so. Hayes was arguably <laughs> one of the best running backs Illinois had last. Yeah, season. two two for two for two for like thirty-seven yeah. cumulative mm-hmm. yards, something like that. Yeah, uh A's 66210 you can okay. get up there certainly uh, and Illinois is uh, specialist room has always wanted to show they're more than just specialists yeah. so okay. i almost i almost said ethan table because i feel like it would be blake hayes passing the ball <laughs> to ethan table which would be hilarious but i'm gonna go with blake hayes okay. i just want to see him now that we've seen him run the ball i want to see him catch one too
1: i'll uh, i'll actually stay in the specialist room for my final pick since this is kind of the the realm of the absurd right now and thinking of these potential candidates but he's a guy that knows what a good celebration is like uh, at memorial stadium He's actually passed out while <laughs> celebrating uh, a big... Well, his teammates big, tried to crush him. Exactly. And the fans. <laughs> uh, James McCourt, the kicker. He's um, already hit game-winning field goals in his career against Wisconsin and Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel why not just cap it off with a game-winning touchdown catch <laughs> in a dramatic fashion as well. Um, he'd probably know what to do in terms of a celebration. Yeah. He'd, I remember I covered the... He'd probably run at this point. Exactly. <laughs> Get away. Uh, I remember when I was in college at Eastern Illinois, I was talking to their kicker one day, uh, Tyler Wilkie, who was Eastern's kicker for a time in the mid-2000s, and we were talking about kicking, kickers hitting game-winning mm-hmm. field goals and just celebrations that ensue, and I asked him, what do you do? What are you going to do if that happens to you? He goes, I'm running yep. away from everyone. Yep. I'm running the heck away from everyone so they don't crush me. So I feel yep. James in the court would catch the ball, and then he'd probably have more... Of a disadvantage, trying to get away from his teammates, than he did trying to catch the hail mary
0: pass. He would so. he would get tracked out, no doubt. Yeah, oh definitely, him down, definitely. Just don't pass
1: out this yeah. time. Just don't pass out. You can pass out
0: later if you want from other yeah other reasons, but just, don't just pass out on asleep, the field. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, quick honorable mention pick. Okay, because I think it would be really fun to do this. Um, you're gonna go Bryce Barnes, aren't you? <laughs> no, that oh, would be okay. good. right, that'd be good. Uh, Brandon Peters. Okay, I want to sure. see. A, I want to see a quarterback catch a. And you want to see him to get talk. fired up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who's throwing it to him. Isaiah I, Williams. Uh, Isaiah Williams. Yeah. That,
1: that would be pretty it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's a trickeration. It's like uh, in the, the movie Little Giants. It's like the annexation to Puerto Rico. Go watch The Little Giant. Okay. I need, uh, I need to think it. about that
0: one. Okay, I need, to, I need to let that one churn a little bit. You were only like two when it came
1: out. It so. would be really. I'm playing, the, <laughs> I'm playing the card that Bob Osmussen always plays on. Yeah. Oh, you weren't born yet for this. So.
0: <laughs> I, I think it would be really funny to wha- have a quarterback catch a Hail okay. Mary. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I don't think so. All but right. I'm sure Brett Bielema will give us something to talk about <laughs> this. Well, not this time. Next week. We should be back to Monday next week. Yeah. In sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening,
1: everyone. Have a good week. We'll talk
0: to you again soon.